0: here's the uh, shit talking and i'll do all these other guys are painting their cars we're gonna bring we're so proud of of the craftsmanship that goes into the metalwork of our cars we're bringing our car to barrett-jackson and bare metal
1: no hey everybody and welcome to the slow smoke business show i'm so excited about this episode We've got award-winning car builder Troy Gudgel on the show, my friend. Uh, you've probably seen him on the internet. You've probably seen his hot cars around if you follow the hot rod world at all. Uh, Troy, welcome to the show, buddy.
0: Yeah, thanks for having me on. I'm uh, really, really happy to be on this thing with you.
1: Look, we're honored to have you here. Uh, only in, like in special guests, I will pour a nice little whiskey here. So here's, here's to Troy and uh, all the stuff he's going to make me feel inadequate as a man by when he tells me about all the cool cars he's doing here's to you there you go sir
0: what are you drinking there what are we drinking Ooh. so this is
1: kentucky owl actually it's uh when i do decanters it's either the best stuff i have or it's a mixture of the worst stuff i have and this is one of the best (laughs) right i have like a forever decanter that i'll pour a lot of like whiskeys that are eh, okay and so so when somebody like asks for like oh just give me a whiskey and coke i'll pour it out of that decanter that's like just a mixture of sort of, sort of whatever ones. There you go. So today we are doing country style pork ribs, uh, which are a country po' folk staple. Have you ever done a country style pork rib before? Actually, let me ask, Troy, do you do do you do
0: much grilling ever? Yeah, absolutely. I've got you know same same style pellet grill you have. Uh, mine's a Traeger, though. Come on. Um, so yeah. Yeah, I do quite a bit. Hashtag
1: not a sponsor.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: So these are country style pork ribs, and what what we have here is it's actually not a rib. It's there's no bone in it. It's actually parts of the uh, shoulder, um, and they cut them up into strips. You might even get the rib from this setup, actually. Um, <laughs> but it's a boneless piece of pork. I'm he- I clearly I'm heavily seasoning it, which I love to do. Um, I like things that have got some serious flavor. I'm going with my favorite sweet pecan rub, uh, from the, as yet not on the show, as yet not a sponsor, Meat Church, who I love. Um, and so, uh, we're going to put these things on there. They're not going to take long to cook, I don't think. And I'm going to glaze them too, which I haven't, uh, I've been doing that a lot. If you're going chronologically in the episodes, you probably notice all of a sudden this guy started glazing when he hasn't done that at all
0: on the show. But I don't know, man. That's just what I'm into right now. There you go. You gotta try try something new. So what is your favorite thing to grill, Troy? Oh man, I'm I'm big on pork too. So um I, I we do a lot of pork chops and some pork loins and stuff like that. So uh, I, I'd probably eat pork every day if I could, but uh, you know, it gets a little old. So uh but yeah, we'll do Pork, uh, just just your basics, pork, chicken, steak, um, nothing crazy. Uh, I'm pretty busy, and uh, I think that stuff's easy to do and get done quick. So,
1: So, Troy, you have lots of stuff going on, man. I know you say you're busy. You're building a bunch of cool cars. Uh, You're on a YouTube series right now. Uh, You are the defending Barrett Jackson Cup champion. Is that correct?
0: That's correct.
1: That's amazing. So we're talking to the reigning champ.
0: Yes, sir. Um, yeah, so we, we, we did that last year and uh, walked away with the, the Barrett-Jackson Cup on, on that deal. And uh, we've got a lot more coming this year. We're, we've got six projects currently uh, in motion, everything from just getting started to uh, finished up, running, driving, about ready to send out the door and everything in between. Uh, we're shooting a uh, YouTube series for Castrol Motor Oil and Barrett-Jackson. Um, that's, you know, the pilots launched and I think, I believe episode two will come out, um, next Tuesday. Um, so we're doing that. Um, I am in the process right now of launching another company that's, um, just, just aftermarket hot rod, uh, muscle car parts, uh, line. We've been doing it for a couple of years and, um, just, just kind of branching out into a, a completely different business with the model and going to grow and expand that. So, yeah, there's a there's a lot going on over here. I mean, that's big news. So you are finally – I know last
1: time I talked to you, you were thinking about breaking out and doing that. So you're actually – your company before – well, still your company – is BBT Fabrications, and you are known for uh, not just building amazing hot rods, but you're known for actually custom fabricating car parts um, that look incredible. And so now you're saying you, you've got a second company – that you're going to be doing to sell those parts to other people
0: yeah absolutely so um, i finally got smart um you know for the last 12 15 years we've been building these cars and doing all these one off parts and then you go and someone calls and says hey you know can you can you sell me that mirror can you sell me this or that and it was always uh you know that was one off built for that car and uh, you know a couple of years ago we started Kind of trying to develop some production parts that we could uh, repeat, machine, um, refabricate, whatever. Um, and so for about a year now, we've been doing that just kind of almost as a side hustle um, through BBT Fabrications. And um, we're about to launch the new company here in July that's um, going to specifically be that. And so you'll be able to buy a lot of the parts that we use on our high end builds through that company. That company's going to be called Intech Auto.
1: And are you going to be just offering parts, just like internet for sale? You just got a store online or do people need to call you up and custom order
0: things? No. So we'll have an online store. Um, Again, everything's going to release in July, the first year of July. And so we'll have an online um, website where you can go right on and order everything online. Um, Of course, you can call in and order it that way too. Um, But it seems like most people these days are just going to place that order right there online on the website.
1: So if somebody is a novice and they don't know exactly what we're talking about, What does it mean when you fabricate a car part? What does that? What do you have to do to do that?
0: Yeah, so I mean, I guess a little bit of a background is um, of what we do is at BBT Fabrications is um, build. I would call them high end um, hot rods, muscle cars, classic cars, um, resto mods. Mm. A lot of people call them resto mods. So we'll take a. You know, older muscle car, 60s muscle car, and update it with newer suspension, brakes, um, modern engine, drivetrain amenities, um, and then do some styling cues too. So there's a lot of features on those older cars, especially in the 60s muscle car era that um, just weren't very good. Um, so we've tried to make some things that um, aesthetically look better, but also perform better and, and, and solve an issue of You know one of the big things that we've done is mirrors there's never really been anything out there um, that's aesthetically pleasing and works Um, that's the big key is that you can actually use it and it's a side mirror that mounts on the side of the car and you can actually see out of them Uh, most of the mirrors you know especially for the passenger side for whatever reason you can never see anything out of the passenger side mirror Um, so we've solved that problem we've got um, three different lines of mirrors for multiple different vehicles um that that you know that you can bolt on and uh, actually see out of
1: yeah it's so true because I, I always just thought it was me when i'd get in like a classic 60s era camaro and i'd be like yeah i don't know and you just end up kind of just looking back you know to see where you gotta go because you can't the mirror is worthless right and you make some badass mirrors and and the 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 handles, the door handles that you make too, you've got like a couple of different ones that I've seen and they are so killer, man. The the styling that you use is a very modern kind of uh, like blocky and hard edges and things. And it's just really, really cool to see something modern like that, that you throw on these beautiful retro cars.
0: You know, that's kind of been our claim to fame is taking these uh, older classic cars and really trying to modernize them. Um, you know, when people think about driving a classic car, they think about driving a classic car and it's just not enjoyable compared to, you know, a modern car that you get in and things that you don't think of. So what what we're trying to do is make it to where, um, you can get in these classic cars and drive them across country. I mean, we've done it last year. We did 2,300 miles over the course of seven days on a road tour. And, uh three of the cars that we built um so we took you know um a customer car and a and well they're all customer cars but one of them just happens to be a good friend of mine (laughs) um and we took took all these cars out and ran them across country so the the goal here is to make them enjoyable to drive and um you know just as just as exciting to get in and just as comfortable as um your modern your modern car
1: yeah i don't think the average person if they're not a car guy I don't think the average person really understands just how uncomfortable a stock old car can be to drive if you're used to driving a modern car. You get in a, you you throw like a a Gen Z person in a in an old car with a carburetor and drum brakes and, you know, no power steering and they're going to be like, "What the hell?" right? They right. they're just not going to these things look so cool and people they're so, you know, romantically revered by people today that there's this assumption that they're these pristine power machines, and they really weren't. I mean, they were powerful and they were great for their day, but a lot of what people see and associate with those cars today are what people are doing with them today, not
0: what they were originally. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, you know, there's. It's funny because around here, you always get that old 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 boy that said you know back in the day you know this was the fastest thing around and you know that thing would blow the doors off anything and then it's got like 300 horsepower or something (laughs) small like that you know and it's like wow we're you know we're building cars that got eight nine hundred horsepower on a daily basis i can't imagine driving something you know my my pickup truck has more than that right um so you know yeah that's that's true and you know for the longest time, a lot of people wouldn't drive these old cars, you know, just because they weren't something that was reliable enough to get in, you know, obviously in the early days when they were built, they were, but, you know, as they've become classic and collectible, they haven't. And so, um, I think over the past, you know, five or so years, uh, maybe a little bit longer, it's really become kind of mainstream to updating them and modernize them to make them to where, um, they are enjoyable and they can be driven reliable.
1: Well that used to be sacrilege, right? I mean, I'm going to I'm going to check our uh, pork ribs while we're talking, but that used to be sacrilege, right? When I grew up, um yeah, baby, look at that. I'm going to glaze these bad boys while we're talking. So, when I grew up and watched my dad and and my uncles and his friends, you know, restoring cars, there was a uh it was if you you were supposed to take things back to stock, right? You were not supposed to um you were not supposed to you know, mess with them and you put sort of aftermarket things on there and like there better be a really good reason for you doing so because otherwise you're sort of screwing the car up, you know, and I, at what point did that change? When did, when did it become cool? You know, the term resto mod is, I guess, relatively new. When, when did that happen when people started doing things like that?
0: I would say it's been happening over the course of the last 10 to 15 years, um, and just, and just becoming more and more popular. And and you said it right. You know, 15 years ago, for sure, without a doubt, if you took a 69 Camaro or a 70 Chevelle or something like that, and you started modifying it, the value is just going down. Um, the money was in the all original numbers matching restored car. Yeah. And it's, you know, slowly turned tables to where now, you know, there's a peak on what that numbers matching car is, and these resto mod cars is what they what they call on resto mod, um, meaning that you know it's updated with a modern engine, drivetrain, typically suspension, brakes, wheels, tires. Um, but these cars have like if you watch Barrett Jackson, which is probably the you know most well known you know collector car auction for muscle cars that there is. You've seen a turn where they're no longer. It's no longer the numbers matching '70 Chevelle that's bringing the big money. It's the '70 Chevelle that has a you know supercharged LS motor with an aftermarket chassis and upgraded yes. brakes and air conditioning and all that that are bringing money. Or Corvettes. You know there was this past year there was a couple Corvettes, um, '60s era Corvettes that were done the same way. You know resto mod. There was a aftermarket chassis, wheels, tires, brakes, suspension, all the modern amenities that brought I think close to $700,000. Um, you know, and that, that five, 10 years ago was, would just be unheard of, you know, you know, at that point you were ruining the car. If you were doing all of those things.
1: Yeah. I mean, who could pay 700 grand
0: for a car with no air conditioning or who would pay that, I guess. Right. Yeah. And, uh, now it's guys paying that kind of money for, um, the type of stuff that that we're building. So it's, it's great for business. I'll tell you that much. Oh, no, for sure.
1: So let's talk Bear Jackson. Bear Jackson, as you said, one of the one of I mean the premier car auction outfits. Uh, been around a long time, uh, but they also started doing these events like the Bear Jackson Cup, which is a a car builder competition, which you've participated in. Um, and I just wanted to point out there is a there is a sound in the background of Troy's uh of Troy's interview here and in case anybody doubts that he makes badass cars that is the sound of cars being made behind him like I can hear saws whirring and it just gives this air of authenticity and elite car uh you know knowledge the fact that you can hear the cars being assembled behind them but when did you get into Barrett Jackson's the the cup part how long is that how long have you been in and I guess how long has that been going on
0: they actually just brought it back. They used to do it. They had an auction out in Reno, Nevada, um, and they had it, I don't know, two or three years. And they had, had, you know, at that time what they called the Bear Jackson cup and what it was is a um, invite only show. They only invited 50 cars to come out and compete for that, you know, because the Bear Jackson's big thing is the auction. So um, the, the, the show side of thing is just like an ex- exhibition inside the auction. Um, and they had that for about three years out in Reno, Nevada. it was a really big deal, paid $20,000 to win, which, you know, in the, in the big scheme of the thing on what the cars cost, that's very, very small. However, um, you know, most of these shows that we go to, um, don't pay anything or, you know, you might get a trophy or whatever, a little bit of recognition, but most of them don't pay, pay a dime. So, you know, there's a few that pay, but this one's by far the largest, um, payout. And so that draws uh, big, big money cars, big cars, um, from around the country. So they stopped doing it in Reno when they canceled their auction there. Um, and then they brought it back about three years ago in Scottsdale. And so it's always been like a premier high end everybody. If you do, if you're in this industry and you're building cars, you, you want to get invited to the Barrett Jackson cup, um, with a car that you've built to compete for that, uh, award. Um, and so, um, I think it's been going on now for three or four years in Scottsdale again, and it's just, dr- it's drawing, you know, the, the best cars and it's, it's really unique because, um, a lot of the other shows, you know, they categorize you based on the type of the car, whether it's, you know, a thirties era hot rod or a pickup truck or a muscle car or some, you know, big street cruiser versus the Barrett Jackson cup is just, it's, it's wide open to anything. So you're going You know, you're going up against a bunch of different cars and, uh, you know, anything could take the crown.
1: And the criteria is like badass, right? What's badass is the criteria.
0: I mean, every one of these top 50 cars are going to be very well done. Um, You know, they're nationally recognized cars across the country. So um, it's not just your local car show.
1: So. Let's talk about the 69 Firebird that you won with last year. I've I'm so fascinated by that. I've always been a Pontiac guy um and that's you know I've always been a GM guy but a Pontiacs I don't know man they're so interesting and the car that you built, what an incredible car, what an incredible project this was. Tell us about how you came up with the idea to do that one and then how you executed on it.
0: Yeah. So, um, that car was actually built for a a really good customer of ours out of Texas. Um, Brad Sather is his name. Um, and he approached us because we had built another 69 Pontiac Firebird, um, back in 2013 that was actually on the cover of, um, hot rod magazine. And a friend of his just happened to be going through the grocery store. This is back when you bought magazines in the grocery store or whatever, and saw the, um, that that car on the cover of this magazine picked it up and you know got a hold of Brad and was wondering if that was his car because he had he had a 69 Pontiac Firebird that he was building as well. And you know, Brad of course said no it's not mine. And um uh, but re-sparked his interest in building his car. And um uh, so he actually uh reached out to us about building him a car um you know of course similar to to the one we had built already. Um and you know I I don't like to do the same thing twice so I told him yeah you know we'll build another um 69 uh firebird however um you know I'd like to you know I- expand on that one go bigger and better and do a bunch of different things and um uh, you know he was all game for that he had bigger plans already before we even had the conversation so um, uh, that's kind of how how that got started and um it kind of spiraled from there you know it he um his trade is he owns a, uh, a machine shop, a high precision machine shop. And so he wanted to have tons of machine parts on the car. Um, you know, a bunch of one-off things, headlights, taillights, wheels, grills, just, you know, bunches and bunches of parts. And so, um, he, um, kind of was going down this path that we wanted to go anyways with the car, as far as taking it to the, to the next level from the one that we had previously done and so it just it just worked out fantastic for us you know uh, a couple of the stipulations with the car were uh, he wants he wants to go 200 miles an hour in the 69 pontiac firebird so um you know this was i don't know we started on the car in i think 2016 so this is uh um, oh my you know, gosh a, a while ago and um you know i'm like thinking to myself man that's you know 200 miles an hour and a 69 fire. Well, yeah, we'll do it. Sure. You know, we'll figure it out. And (laughs) and that's what we did. So, um, you know,
1: unbelievable. It
0: was a, you know, you know, it wasn't a full time, you know, five year solid build, but it it was, I mean, there's, there's probably 8,000 hours in that car. 8,000 hours. Yeah. Yeah.
1: 8,000 hours.
0: Yeah. So if you can imagine, um, spending 8,000 hours on a car, um, that's what you're going to get. So uh, every panel on the car, um, quarter panels, door skins, fenders, hood, every panel on the car is either a modified or B built from scratch. So the entire front end of the car was completely built from scratch. The hood was built from scratch the engine bay. I mean, it's just, you know, when you're, you're fabricating everything, um, from flat sheet of aluminum or steel, it's it, the time, the time really adds up. So, yeah. um, and then there's, on top of that, it's the all the features to allow the car to run 200 miles an hour. So we've actually taken the car out to the standing mile. And the car, so far, the top speed we reached with the car is about 203 miles an hour. Holy moly. Yeah. So we did 199.67 in the car before um, he crossed the mile. And then he drove through the mile. And the top speed was 203 before he let out. Um, so we've ran it twice now. Uh, we're going to be going back in October to run it. So that's you know the ultimate. The car also won uh, Street Machine of the Year for Good Guys. So that all that yeah, that ultimately helped us uh, secure that award too, because it's not only a nice um, show car, but it's proven to uh, be able to perform as well.
1: That's incredible, man. I mean, that's such a. So at what point in the conversation with that customer did the idea of the Barrett Jackson Cup? come up so he, he he approaches you out building this incredible car and then at some point was it was it at the outset like hey man i want to build this thing and let's put it in some competitions or was it kind of as it got going you know that idea emerged
0: yeah i mean a little bit of both um initially when we started you know because we we do do a lot of shows with the cars that we built um, we tour around on the national show circuit good guys riding customs a big one um, they, they have like 20 shows across the country and we usually hit a, you know, three couple, two, three of their shows every year. And, um, so I think, um, you know, we, as well as he had intentions of doing that from day one, um, I don't think either of us really thought that it was going to, you know, be what it was just because we were trying to do, you know, we're trying to basically build a race car and a show car and one, and that's, you know, really difficult to do. Yeah. Um. But, you know, the car did so well when we started showing it um, that we, we we won Good Guys Street Machine of the Year with the car. Um, and then we did another show in Tennessee called the Triple Crown of Rotting. And they have, um, they give away what they consider their Street Machine of the Year. And we won that too. And by winning that, we got the invite to do the Barrett-Jackson Cup. And it was just, you know, like, well, this is really a a, a show car type award, <laughs> and we've got a car that we've taken out twice now and ran 200 miles an hour in it, and you know, so it's got a little bit of road rash and whatnot to it. So we're like, well, let's go do it, but I don't think we have any chance of winning it. And so you know, we you know, of course, cleaned the car and polished it all up and everything, and got out there and you know, got in the top five, and I was just ecstatic to be there. And at that point, I thought there's no way that we're gonna win. And you know, they pull all five cars up onto the auction block bidding stage, in Bear Jackson, and Barry Jackson. It's on live national television, and you know, we're the winner. So it was a you know a really cool experience. Um, not not unexpected um, is what I would say. So that made it that much better.
1: Unbelievable! What an incredible story. I mean, can you tell me a little bit about how you got into the hot rod business? And how you I mean, you know, we just wake up and we see this guy building incredible cars. He's BBT. I mean, where did this come from? Have you have you always built cars your whole life? Is this like a family thing? What, where
0: did you how did you get into this? I was lucky enough as a kid to have a, um, you know, a dad and a, and a grandfather that were uh, in the classic cars and always had something around. I mean, um, I remember a 56 Ford pickup. Uh, lots of lots of trucks, lots of classic trucks, um, whether it be, you know, Chevy pickups, whatever. Um, in high school, um, well, it might have been even before I was in high school, my dad got a 66 Chevelle, which he still has to this day. I um, you know, we did a lot of work on that, um, changed the engine, transmission, suspension, brakes, and eventually painted it. Um, and the same thing, my grandpa had a 46 Chevy Coupe um, as well, and that, you know, got fully restored um, and hot routed out. So. You know, it was kind of in my blood already. Um, and then in high school, um, you know, I turned 16, and you know, I got a project truck. I uh, needed painted, needed up and r- to get up and running. And so um, I did that um, with my with my dad and my grandpa, and we were uh, real close doing that stuff. So it was kind of always in my blood. And uh, right out of high school, my, my dad had a construction company, and so I I started working at the construction company during the day and going to school at night at the local community college. And, um, then I had my pickup truck and I had some buddies that were in the cars and we just, you know, played with our cars and modified them and whatever. And, um, one of my buddies said, you know, Hey, we should rent a, you know, we rent a little shop and, you know, we'll split it. You know, I think there was four of us at the time. We'll split it four ways and that'll be a place where we can all kind of hang out and, you know, work on our cars. And, And we did that. And then the next thing you know, we're doing little side projects for this buddy or that buddy. And, you know, that turned into, you know, being there for a little over a year. And I realized, man, I really like, you know, working on cars and making modifications to these cars or or trucks or whatever. And um, so that kind of spiraled into, you know, this side job and that side job to where I was spending every night and every weekend in this little shop tinkering uh making a little bit of side money but just more so just doing it out of passion um and got to the point where i realized man i do not want to go to class tonight i want to stay here in the shop and work and 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 that's what i would do and i finally just realized that school wasn't for me college wasn't for me um just because my passion was somewhere else and so i uh stopped the second semester came around i didn't sign up for school and um I just, I just did, I did my day job during the day at my dad's construction company, and then nights and weekends I was steady on my little side garage, um, and it, it it went on that way for probably another year. I think we went from four guys that were renting the shop down to three guys, down to two guys, and then at that point it was like, hey, I need to, I need to f- figure out how to make this work as a full time gig. Um, because I had so much work lined up to where I was there, you know, every night after work, I'd get off work at about three 30 in the afternoon. And I was in that shop till midnight every night. And then wow. all day, every weekend, um, you know, working for the construction company, if it rained, we weren't working. So I was praying for rain every single day. And it just got to the point where I just knew that that's what I wanted to do. And so I, um, you know, I had that hard conversation with my dad who, you know, of course, wanted me to take on the family business that that's not what I wanted to do. And, um, you know, I think that was a little tough on him. Uh, but, you know, I think today he's probably my biggest supporter in all of this. Um So it was probably the right decision. And, uh, at the time it was a little rough and we kind of butted heads a little bit, but within six months, he, you know, he came around and, uh, you know, we had a a great relationship again. Um, but yeah, so that spiraled into having my own shop and now I'm like, Oh, here we are. I've, you know, just jumped off the deep end and, you know, I hope, I hope I can make enough money to pay rent and pay all my bills. And, you know, I didn't at the time I was young, I didn't have many bills. So it was the perfect (laughs) timing to do it. Um, and I just got lucky, man. I was just doing little odds and inside side projects, um, and I had a customer come through the door that had been through another local shop and kind of got ran through the cleaners on a project. And um, you know, I was doing a lot of chassis and suspension and exhaust work at the time, and he um, you know said, "Well, hey, can you take my chassis and you know straighten it out, make every make sure everything's good, mount the engine, transmission, do the exhaust." And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. And so it was my first real, like, real customer. You know, a guy that could actually afford to do this and 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 see it through to the end. Um, and it was a, a 31 uh, Ford. And so oh, we wow. we got the chassis all done um, for him, and did the uh, mounted the engine, reworked some of the suspension, reworked some of the chassis, did the exhaust, got it all good for him. And you know, then he comes in, and he's like, well, hey, you know. I need the body done. Do you know anybody that can do that? And I'm like, yeah, I mean, I, I love the, I love to do the body. And so, (laughs) you know, I just, he was like, okay, I'll bring it by next week. And, you know, the next thing you know, we're body working, painting the car, doing the upholstery and everything. And so, um, you know, that was probably about a year and a half long project. Um, and by the end of it, I had, um, a full-time employee that was working with me as well. And so that that I you know I, I owe a lot of my success to that guy that gave me the opportunity um, to 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 get my career started and and to build a car, um, and so he was so happy with that car because he had been you know raked over the coals with another shop to where he wanted to do another car, and so um, we did, and this time around it was kind of you know, I wouldn't say a free for all, like as far as like me making all the decisions, but I was able to make a lot of decisions and do a lot of things the way I wanted to do them. Um, in the style that we wanted to build the car versus the first car was, you know, all him and him gaining all the trust in me. So me basically, you know, doing everything he wanted to do. Um, and so, we did that and gained his trust and so on car number two, he's like, well, you know, what would you do with it? And it just so happens to be that it was the two, um, the uh, 69 Firebird that we had, um, did oh. that landed our customer, Brad, that we did the other 69 Firebird for. Yeah. So the first 69 Firebird, um, you know, it was a gray car. We finished it in 2013, um, started it in 2000, late 2010, finished it in spring of 2013. So it was, you know, a two and a half year build. Um, But it was an opportunity for me to do exactly what I wanted to do and how I wanted to build a car and to showcase uh, what we could do. And so um, I would say that's the car that really kickstarted my career. We um, brought that car out and debuted it at a show in uh, Columbus, Ohio called uh, Good Guys Riding Custom. And they have an award there called Street Machine of the Year. And, um, we brought that car out, which is like, cause this was like, man, this is the best we can do with what we've got. And, you know, this is our best work. Let's go show it off at one of the biggest shows, uh, around. And that's what we did. And, um, you know, that, that car made the uh, top five finalists for, for, um, um, street machine of the year that year. And, you know, we got invited to do a bunch of different things with that, with that car, um, including a road tour from, san francisco california um to to dallas texas and during that road tour hot rod magazine met up with us and and believe it or not bakersfield california come on and uh, we did a the photo shoot of that car and it and it ended up on high cover of Hot rod magazine and you know five years later, three years later, whatever it was, we ended up landing another customer off that car and that magazine feature. So it really did a lot for us. Um, but yeah, that's really how, how everything started and how we kind of got to where we are now. That's amazing. Well, while you were telling that story, I took the, um,
1: the country ribs, the country pork, country style pork ribs off the grill. And I wish I could share this with you, Troy, but
0: yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm you're, my mouth's over here watering. You got the whiskey and and the pork, and I'm just I'm just over here drinking my water in my office.
1: I definitely got close to overcooking those because I was so enthralled in the story that I forgot that I was cooking something. But gosh, dang man, okay, just you know tender pork. I could have see I could have marinated it. I didn't do it because I was lazy. I didn't have a chance. Come on, we're all busy. But glaze these bad boys, hit them with the, the pecan rub, Lord have mercy. It's sweet, it's tender, oh my gosh. It's sweet, it's sweet like those cars you're building, baby. Come on. Can't overdo that pork. You're being chronicled. what's the YouTube series called?
0: Yeah, it's called um, Path to Performance. It's on Castro Motor Oil's YouTube channel. Um, so if you just go to YouTube, you can, you can type in Path to Performance and it should pop right up.
1: So I've watched uh, every episode that's released so far. Not only you, a couple of other friends are in that uh, in that show. I'm gonna try to have. I'm gonna see if I can have everybody from that competition in here and see how much smack I can get you guys to talk about each other in the show. So I'm gonna give you an opportunity to talk some high level shit to your your competitors here. Throw them down. Who who's out of all the people you are competing against. Which one of them are you the least worried about?
0: Oh man! Um, so, and that's that's the cool thing about this is uh, the four shops that they're um, documenting uh, on this process are, are all good friends. We're all we're all close, but we're all close enough to talk a lot of shit to each other. So um, that's that's kind of going to make it fun um, as we as we go through. Um, but man, I'll tell you what. I wouldn't say I'm not worried about any of them. I'm worried about all of them. They all are top-notch guys, and that's why we're all in this because uh, we're all kind of, you know, at the peak of our game right now. And, uh, you know, it's it's anybody's game. I mean, I think we're all bringing something totally different to the table to where, um, you know, it's just going to come down to um, what – what the judges like in the end, so um, it'll be interesting. You got a four-wheel drive truck, you got a Nova that's track driven race car, you got a twin turbo '61 Impala, Biscayne that's uh, you know heavily street driven, maybe a little track, and then we got the '59 Impala that we're building that's just a big cruiser um, that's just hammered down on the ground. Um, so you got a little bit of everything for. Something for anybody.
1: You're worried about all of them. So I gave you an opportunity to just bury one of them, and you didn't take it. 59 Impala, is that what you said? That's it, yeah. I mean, is it it top secret what you're doing to it, or can you talk about it?
0: No, no, yeah, we can talk about it. I mean, that's one of the things that I've always been uh, a firm believer in. I mean, a lot of these guys that do this stuff are so secretive about what they do, and they won't tell anybody how they do things. And, man, at the end of the day, it's just hard work, right? It's just passionate, hard work. And, uh, it takes a lot. I told you that other car was, you know, we had 8,000 hours into it. So, I mean, I'm willing to put in the work. So come on. the only way to beat us is if you're willing to put in more work than us. Now we're talking, we're getting real, we're getting dangerously close to shit talk. Let's go. <laughs> we can talk about whatever you want to talk about. I mean, uh, down to how we do it and what we're doing. And I'll tell you how to do it if you want to do it. Um, so, um, yeah. Yeah, it's it's wide open. It's it's a pretty cool car the car we're trying to ball at your level. The, yeah. Um, the it's the car that we're doing is man, it's it's tastefully modified um in extre- an an extreme level. So what I mean by that is there is a lot of things done to this car that probably most people wouldn't recognize unless you really know the car um, down to we've changed all the seals for all the windows, um, to where it uses a seal out of a di- completely different car. Um, not only, not only because it functions better, um, but aesthetically it's a lot more pleasing. So things like that trim, um, you know, we're running electric, um, brakes underneath the dash, the the brake rotors themselves are 16 inches in diameter, which, you know, the brake rotors are, the same size as a lot of the cars, um, driving down the road today's wheels are. Um, so <laughs> a lot of, a lot of things going into this car that are, uh, real, real unique. And then a lot of, a lot of custom touches, a lot of machine parts, a lot of one-off parts that we're designing specifically for the car. And then, um, a lot of handmade fabricated parts, you know, so it's, it's, it's really going to be on a level of detail, very similar to the car that we had, um, at the barrett jackson cup with last year it's just a completely different car um whereas the car last year was a street machine you know powerhouse 200 mile an hour nice car this one's going to be more of a um have all the same details and have all the same work um but it's a you know it's a 17 foot long land yacht so it's just (laughs) um it'll be a car that you're going to want to jump in and drive across country i'll tell you that much
1: I mean, I, I don't want to quote you on this, but you know, was Paul and Joe at Dutch Boys? Did you did you or did you not say that those are the guys that you were the least worried about?
0: Are those guys the ones that were least worried about?
1: Least worried about. They're not. They're going to lay an egg. You're worried about the other guys, but not them. Are you on record saying those are your least? You're not worried about them. <laughs> you see, I'm trying to start some shit here. I'm trying to. I'm oh, trying to seed. I'm trying I, to get. I you see. know, I look. I love Paul and Joe and no, they built, they, you know, those dudes, it, whatever they build, it's going to be incredible and it's going to be painted badass Like you couldn't believe. Uh, but I'm just trying to get, I'm trying to get a little bit of fire here and you're not swinging at it. You're being too diplomatic. I'll, I'll
0: hear, I'll, I'll throw a swing out there. This is funny that you're doing this because the production crew that comes here and films us, that's exactly what you know, he's trying to get the shit stirred real good. Uh, I just don't want to put my foot in my mouth, you know? Um, <laughs> Here's here's the here's the uh, shit talking I'll do. All these other guys are painting their cars. We're gonna bring. We're so proud of of the craftsmanship that goes into the metalwork of our cars. We're bringing our car to Barrett Jackson and bare metal.
1: No, is that that's true? You're doing bare metal.
0: That's true. So there'll be no paint on the car. So you're gonna see it in raw form. Paul and Joe can spread the body filler and make it shiny and cover it all up, and we're going to expose it all. <laughs> so, oh, my
1: God. All right. It's been thrown out. So, bare metal. You're going old, dirty bastard. You like it raw. Okay. It's going It's going to the show bare metal. Oh, man, that's going to be incredible. How do you keep – so, when you go bare metal like that, how do you keep that clean looking? How do you keep this – just go into, for the uninitiated – you know, bare metal means literally no paint on it, right? It's just going to be like a like a steel-looking airplane kind of thing. So how do you keep that from rusting, from corroding? How do you keep that from getting little nicks on it that you can now see for sure? Like, you know, do you just have to put like a bubble wrap around that thing when you move it around to make sure you don't scratch it or do anything crazy?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a lot of maintenance. So the car won't stay bare metal forever. It will get painted. However, we want to take it, um, to the Barrett Jackson cup in raw metal to, to showcase our quality of, of what's underneath the paint, you know? Um, so it's, you know, it's pretty easy to hide shitty metal work underneath bodywork and paint. Um, and so we want to make sure that everybody knows that what we're putting out here is high quality stuff down to the bones. Um, so, Um, but yeah, it's a lot of work, um, because there is nothing that you can do to prevent it from rusting. Um, people can touch it. I mean, different people have different oils coming out of their skins and they can touch it and two hours later it's rusting. So it's something that you got to kind of stay on top of, keep it clean. Um, there's, there's a... There's an oil that we use. It's a silicon-free oil, um, so it's paint-friendly. Um, that we'll put on the body. That kind of helps protect it wow. somewhat. You know, it's still, um, you know, a corroding metal that's in its raw form so yeah and for anybody listening that doesn't understand quite what bare metal means or, or what that kind of is is we, when we get these cars we strip them down so we have a media blaster or dipped and it pulls all the paint that off of the car and it comes down to raw metal and then that's when we do our all of our sheet metal work over the top of that um, so we'll start with flat sheets and shape it to make the hood or engine bay panels and then at some point that gets primered and then body filler um, would go over that, which is you know like a putty that you sand um, to straighten everything. And then it's primed again and it's block sanded straight and um, then uh, uh, finally painted. So we won't have any of that. So we're just going to be in that raw form. But it really showcases um, the quality of the work that's underneath it.
1: So Troy, this is a question that I've been wanting to ask you. Going into the show, I wanted to ask you because it's a philosophical question. And it was only really valid, or only really coming up in the last couple of years, as we talked about earlier. When, when you know, it used to be everything's got to go back to numbers matching stock, and now you've got the kind of the resto mod movement, and let's pro touring, let's make everything better. When you're looking at a car, like when you're looking at your, you know, your '60s era Firebird, or you're looking at, um, you know, what you're doing now, how do you decide what pieces of a car are 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 okay to modify and what pieces of a car you have to preserve because to, to get rid of it would be sacrilege to, to what that car stands for.
0: That's a very controversial, um, topic there because there's um, a lot of people that don't like the modifications, um, and they'll find something wrong with it. And so there's, there's gotta be some sort of a balance. I feel like, um, certain cars, um in my opinion need a lot less they were right they were so close to being right or they were right when they were made to where you don't have to really do a whole lot you just gotta get the stance right because um that's the biggest thing with all these old cars is they they sat high and the wheels were sucked way in um so getting the stance and the wheel and tire combo right is is key um to, to all of them, to every single one of them. But then you get into like the body modifications and some cars need a lot less and some cars have a lot to desire and those are the ones that we tend to modify more. Um, you know, there's a lot of these cars have really iconic features um, that you don't want to change. Um, so like that 69 um, Pontiac Firebird um, that we did, we, we reworked the front end And tried to modernize it in a way that still looked like a 69 Firebird, but kind of got rid of all of the, you know, beaky, ugliness of the car. Um, But then there's certain aspects like body lines going down the side of the car um, that we changed, or or sorry, that we kept exactly the same. Um, The roof line of the car kept that the same so that the silhouette of the car kind of looked the same, but took some of the details and changed those. Um, the 59 impala that we're doing you know those cars were sexy um, from the day they were made so really the things that we're doing on it are are minor major work but minor changes um just to kind of clean up lines and and make things fit better and you know move move this where the fender splits from the rocker move it from here to over here and, uh, you know, just extend some things a little bit here. We extended the rockers so they cover the frame so you can't see it from the back or from the side view and drop the quarters down a little bit lower in the back so you can't see the fuel tank. Just little things like that. It, if you didn't know we did it, you would never know. And that's kind of the goal behind it is to make it look like that that's the way it should have you know, was from the factory and should have been from the factory. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's a, uh, you know, with it with everything you have an opinion and somebody's opinion is always completely different than yours on these cars. And so you've got people that will come, you know, especially when you get into like modernizing them and um, heavily modifying cars, you'll have people that just absolutely love everything that you do. And then you'll have the other guy on the other hand, that's just, Oh, you ruined that car. <laughs> so it comes down to uh, an opinion at a certain point in time, as far as the styling cues go. Um, but that's, you know, that's the fun part about it, because if, you know, everybody wanted the same thing, we'd have a bunch of Teslas out here.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, I feel like that's such what you just said is that's such an art, right? It's such an art to be able to look at a car and decipher what parts of it make it iconic and what parts of it need improvement. It's just so interesting to me to 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 watch people do that. And, and you do it as good as anybody in the country. So, you know, congrats on everything you've done up to this point, you know, good luck. And you, you know, you keep swinging the ax, man, you're back in the, you're back in the Thunderdome, trying to build another incredible car at bear Jackson. Um, I, I, I will, uh, to reiterate what you said earlier, you're going to wipe the mat with everybody. That's what I think that's what you said. Uh, and then nobody stood a chance. That's, that's let the record show. That's what he said. Um, and it's so exciting to have you here everybody needs to go make sure they check out uh the youtube series one more time what was it called it's a path to
0: performance
1: it's path to performance go check it out on youtube and if you would like to have some amazing parts on your car like troy makes troy what's the name of the website that they can go to and when is that website open
0: yeah it's going to be Intech auto Auto um, is spelled O T T O. So uh, I N T E K O T T O.com. And uh, we're going to be launching J- July 1st.
1: So it's called Path to Performance. Make sure you check that out on YouTube. You're going to watch Troy and all of these subpar competitors that he's been talking about competing against him uh, for the Barrett Jackson Cup. He's the defending champ. Troy, thank you so much for being here. In Auto will be available in Ju- uh, excuse me, in July where you can uh, find some of his amazing car parts. I'm going to see if I can get some for my 72 Blazer. I need some new handles, baby. And I know Troy makes some nice ones, so we're going to we're gonna get it there. Troy, thank you so much for being here.
0: Thanks for having me, and uh, it's really an honor to be on your show, and I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, listening to more episodes in the future.
1: Well, it's good to have you here, man. And, uh, folks, if you heard something on this episode that was valuable, please make sure that you tell a friend about it. Like and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and find us on social media. We're on TikTok. We're on YouTube. We're on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, I think we're still on Friendster. Maybe we're on Napster. I don't know. Find us wherever we are on the internet and subscribe. We're so excited to have you guys. We see the community building. And we'll see you next time on Slow Smoke Business.